if you look in and tune in and really get to see where you're not really showing up at your best or what you're hiding from or what you're keeping from the world, then you're not giving the world the best of you. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited that you have tuned in for another episode. I'm beyond grateful for this community that we have created through really sharing our stories and connecting and just being vulnerable. And I'm so grateful to be on this journey right along with you learning. Let me tell you, I am nodding my head and learning and having aha moments during all of these podcasts. So I'm so grateful that you are also tuned in to learn right along with me. And my beautiful guest today is Dr. Jen Esker. She's a doctor of physical therapy and movement enthusiast. She treats patients privately in Los Angeles and has an on online programs called The Mobility Method and The Optimal Body. She uses her social platforms to push educational videos on how to maintain mobility, increase strength, and prevent pain throughout the body. As a former gymnast of nine years and a Pilates instructor for six years, Jen is an avid mover who dabbles in acro yoga, calisthenics, weight training, Pilates, and yoga. Her vision is to empower others to continue to move and live a pain-free active lifestyle. And I will tell you that the more and more I learn about investing in your body, investing in mobility, and really honoring the body that you are in, the more that I have been able to view my body completely differently. And I really think that this podcast is not going to just open your eyes to how important it is to uh, maintain mobility throughout the years. And she's going to give you some incredible tips on how to do that. But this is so much about all of the stories that we have told ourselves in our lifetime and how they get locked away in our bodies and how releasing that is going to really help you move easier throughout your life. So let's get started. Jen, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So you are like one of my favorite people to follow on social media. Um, But also we've gotten the opportunity to kind of like travel to a few different countries that, you know, I was Mm -hmm. thinking of that. Like I haven't really traveled to a few different countries with like many people. (laughs) You're one of them. I was like, no, we went to Guatemala and Greece together. That's kind of crazy. I did. It was fun. It is super fun. Like just, I don't know. I just was just thinking of that this morning. I'm like, wow, I can't say that I've really been to two different countries with many people. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I'm really excited to have you on and I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself for anyone who doesn't know if you're not following her yet. I don't know how that's possible, but (laughs) For those of you who don't know, I would love for you to share a little bit about just your background. Let's go all the way back so that they can get to know you um, and to what brought you into what you're doing now. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I know. <laughs> so I would say I've <laughs> kind of always been a mover from early age. If we're going to go way far back, my mm-hmm. parents kind of required that we be in a sport all growing up. So movement has just kind of been a part of my life. Um, and so naturally, I, I kind of gravitated more toward learning anatomy and physiology mm-hmm. and wanting to know more about the body and movement. And it led me down, you know, kinesiology because it's literally the study of human movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then finally into physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And then once this whole social platform started to grow, which was on accident, <laughs> I then decided to start educating and it became a beautiful platform where I could share you know, education based on the body and really teach people in a different way. Mm. And I mean, you really educate on social media, like your posts, like I've been, I, I've been with you when you've been doing posts, they can take you like hours, right? I think I've gotten a little bit more efficient with it now. <laughs> it I guess if, you, if you're counting filming. Like a long caption. <laughs> hey, I get it. Some of mine take hours and it's like, hi, and that's it. <laughs> like, what am I doing? No, but, but really you are, you can get an entire education on your social media, which I think is so incredibly amazing. Like, do you plan that all out? How does that work? Because number one, I love to show people because you've taken something that's not very traditional, um, you know, into the social media world and you've made it like a really mainstream thing. How do you, why do you think that is like, what, what caught on with that? You know, my friend Vinny was doing it with in more in the educational space early on. And that's when I had just graduated uh, physical therapy school. And I already had a social following more just through fitness. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I went up to Canada and I was spending some time with him and and he was like, you know, you should really start educating more toward toward like the body and what you know. And I was like, I don't know. I'm a new physical therapist. What do I know? And I went into this whole conversation too of like, I'm not good enough yet. Mm-hmm. I don't have the knowledge to, to share with people because I'm a new graduate. And why, why would people listen to me? But mm-hmm. I was also stuck in this conflict of like, well, I just graduated. I don't really care about social media anymore, mm-hmm. even though I had like 100,000 followers. It was just like, that was fun. And that was my side hobby that got me through grad school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And now I'm actually out in the world and I want to really help people in doing my passion, which is physical therapy. So he really, you know, kind of paved the path of like, well, why don't you model what I'm already doing, which was the half anatomy photo and the half video and talk to your audience. You know, you have yogis following you, you know, you have acro people following you. So talk to that community in terms of how they could start improving their body. And I was like, um, okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess. And I just took the leap and, and started putting out videos and people really gravitated toward it way more than any of my like, look at what my body could do (laughs) and crazy, crazy fitness tricks. It was Mm -hmm. people really wanted to learn which made me so happy. Mm. Okay. I love this whole conversation. And you just mentioned something saying um, (laughs) the whole beginning part of the, I'm not good enough. I'm not sure. What is this now? Now, the difference between you though, is that you took that consistent action, even with that conversation going on in your head of, I'm not good enough. Who do I think I am? Like what, 
you know, it not making sense, even though your, your friend is doing it, but not making sense to you that you're the person for it. So I'm going to get into that even more, but in the beginning, Mm -hmm. what actually made you take action and follow through? Because I'm sure you've had a lot of people that you've talked to and told them like, just do this. It works. Like if you just get out there and share and put yourself out there, but some people don't take the action. So what, what kind of forced you to do that? You know, I just decided why not try? Uh And, and I did have other people where I would meet them in the fitness community and usually through social media, we'd meet in person and I would talk to them about different injuries and different things that were going on with their, with their body personally. And they would say, why don't you share this information? Mm. You have a lot of information. And I was like, oh, do I? Mm. (laughs) And so, so that's when I was like, okay. And I listened to one friend and she said, you know, just ask your audience, ask your audience what they'd want to learn from you. And so I did and I decided, oh, okay, I can actually like people have questions. And some of these questions I, I definitely can answer with the knowledge that I have right now. And so when I when I took their advice and I took Benny's advice and I just posted a video, I remember waking up the next morning and seeing way more views than my fitness videos. Interesting. And I thought, oh my God, what? This was like for me, it felt really basic. It felt really everyone already knows this information boring. It wasn't catchy and flashy like a fitness video. So I was like so thrown off. I was like, what? Like people actually are viewing this and looking at it and liking it and saving it and all these other things. So I, so that actually, I was like, okay, let me touch on this again. And again, same response. Let me touch on it again. And so every time I started to do it, people came even more. And my following started to grow way bigger than anything that was within the fitness community. And so I started to realize, even though I feel like I'm still learning, that's okay. I'm going to keep learning. I'm going to keep continue to be on my journey. And if someone wants to challenge me on something, let me learn. Let me ask why. And what I started to notice too, when I really dove in and I just continued to do it, not only were people actually getting help and benefit and, and loving it, which motivated me to continue to do it, but I was actually connecting with a lot of the mentors and physical therapists and chiropractors that I actually looked up to. Mm. So rather than being judged, I was actually creating connection and, and friendships with these mentors that I looked up to and I was so afraid of you know, coming into this space in that way. So it only, it only helped in so many beautiful ways, which was absolutely incredible. I always think of that. Like the some some of the biggest blessings in my life have come from the most unexpected places where I'm like, okay, I'll try that. Like podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's that same exact mm-hmm. idea. I'm like, really? This is really you're really liking this? Like <laughs> and it's your zone of genius. Like when you follow, it's so crazy because this is like your zone of genius. Like you love to move and you're great at teaching people. And it's like, is that too easy? Can't I overcomplicate this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then it became a great way to not only further connect with me with other professionals and and fitness, but it also I allowed permission for other people because I would have people reaching out to me and saying, well, I know that I can educate and I can share my knowledge, but what if I put everything out there, then they won't need me anymore. And I said, no, it's actually the other way around. The more information that you put out there, the more people are going to turn to you because now you're a credible source. Hmm. 
That's so interesting because I that that theory really works in I would say just about everything because I used to everything. feel that way about fitness. <laughs> like I used to be like, oh my god, if I put all of these free videos out there, they're not going to buy my monthly membership. And it was completely opposite. Like they wanted more mm-hmm. of. It's almost like they wanted the inner circle of not having, you know, what, what wasn't accessible to everybody. Like they love the free stuff, which brought them in for like the inner, the inner circle stuff, which is just so backwards of the old mentality of like, don't tell them what you're doing. Don't show them everything. Don't let them know what's going on in your program. Um, so you've really helped a lot of other people Mm -hmm. and given them permission to kind of step out. How is that, how has that impacted you? Like the more people that you help, how does it impact your business and life? Oh my God, it's everything. And I know like, you know, now I will sit down. So if there are any physical therapists, can't talk, (laughs) physical therapy students or anyone else who reaches out to me, I really take the time to sit down with them and talk with them. And I know like reaching out and asking for support and asking for help is a big thing. Like mm-hmm. at least for me, I knew I had a really hard time doing that. And once I did start to do that and I realized, oh, people want to help. People are open mm-hmm. to to, you know, giving and receiving in that way. You know, even I remember when I asked you and I was like, Well, I want to launch this program and I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Any chance you'd be able to sit down with me. And you did. And that was like that was like eye opening for me to realize that someone would actually take out their time to offer help and offer assistance. And so I just always want to give it back now. Mm. Well, if someone gave it to me, I only want to give it back and I want to help everyone. And, and like when we truly understand and grasp this idea of abundance mm-hmm. and that there's enough room for everyone, you just end up connecting together. And you're able to help each other grow because if we can help each other grow, then we help everyone else in the long term anyways. And our whole purpose is to be able to spread the message and help people even more. So why not come together to be able to do that together? And so it's always just been this like this this pool to help other people and to gravitate myself around people who want to help others as well. And so it's been this amazing community that's just opened up even more the more that I continued to step into it. Mm. Oh my God, I love hearing that. And I think the, the most exciting thing is when people take it and run with it. Like that's, I'm sure that now you've helped people who've taken it and ran with it and you're like, it's the best gift in the world to you. People Mm want to help people if the people are willing to help themselves. They want to help the people who are most willing to help themselves because don't get me wrong. There's that whole group of people who you know, like you can actually feel it energetically and how they ask as well, that they're actually mm-hmm. cutting and pasting like the same question and not listening to any of the answers. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be somebody who like, if you want the help, you got to like show up and run with it. And, uh, and oh my God, I knew everything we were going to, we were talking about. I'm like, this 
she's going to just, this is going to explode. So <laughs> you were like, I'm ready and I'm doing it, even though I'm scared. Okay, here we go. Got it. Um, <laughs> those are the people that you're just like, yes, because that's how I was helped. Like I had friends who sat down with me and they're like, um, uh, Jill Coleman was one of them who, mm-hmm. uh, do you know who Jill Coleman is? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. She literally sat down and was like, here's the deal. Here's how I do these challenges. You can literally take this whole thing. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like mm-hmm. that, are you really doing like, are you sure? Do you want to sign something that says this is okay that you're sharing this? And she was like, no, like that's just what she believed, like that her life is going to be exponentially better if she helps me. And mm-hmm. to this day, her and I go back and forth. Like if she asks me for anything, I'm there and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is such a powerful thing to create. And I, we're all creating these little webs that like we, you know, they just, they catch you when you fall or when you need them. So um, I love that advice, just like that mindset of abundance. So I know that you and I kind of struggle with the same thing, um, which is awesome and crazy to me because I think a lot of people can look at um, you from the outside and just be like, oh my God, this girl can do everything. She's got this huge following. Like everybody must love her and she's so helpful and she's smart and she's knowledgeable and she's beautiful. And um, they don't, maybe know that you struggle with like putting yourself out there even more, um, speaking up when you want to. I know that you've, you've shared a few things with me, but would you share some of the things that over the past couple of years you would say from the person that you were, when did I meet you? Two, three years ago, maybe longer? Three? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe long, three, holy crap. Almost four years ago, Where, maybe. What? Okay. Let's go back like <laughs> to the, I don't know. Who was I four years ago? Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was a completely so, different person. <laughs> like, I was a mess, but but I loved that mess. She was great, but now I'm just, it's great where I'm at now. Um, so what would you say you were struggling with four years ago the most, first of all? Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) and where were you at? Like just kind of for people who are on this journey right now, like where were you at and what was the main thing that was consuming you in your head that felt like a block for you? Honestly, me, I was stuck in my head, not voicing what I really wanted to share or how I wanted to share it. And, and I wasn't allowing myself to ask and put myself out there. I was afraid of judgment. I was afraid of not being good enough. I was afraid. I'm not good enough. I just, there's so much, uh, I would say, fear that held me back. Like, even coming and being around people who were putting themselves out there and doing the thing, even though I had a social following, I didn't feel the, the credibility and the energy yet. I was a doctor of physical therapy. I've done the work, I've gone to school, and yet I'm still questioning whether I could be out there and sending my message. Mm. And it, yeah. So, I mean, there's been a whole lots of shifts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of crazy things that have happened um, since I've met you. A lot. Like, I mean, I, I feel like just even every single year is such a different year for everyone, especially if you mm-hmm. are really um, putting yourself out there and and stepping into growth and dealing with whatever is going on in life. Yeah. Um, so I know that ALA was a big thing for you. Would you explain what that is? Just because I feel like um, some people don't realize that there's some really pivotal moments in life that can really shift you. I know for me, it was um, 
oh my God, why can't I, I think like Landmark and some different Tony Mm -hmm. Robbins events and things like that. But I know that that was a huge shifting year for you throughout uh, ALA. Would you just explain what that is and kind of what, why you did it and what you experienced? Yeah. So ALA, Ascension Leadership Academy in San Diego is a personal development program. And my theory on, on personal development programs at the time before was that it was... I hated the language of, well, does it serve me? Mm-hmm. And is this for me? And it felt very selfish. Mm. And that was my resistance to wanting to do it. Besides even, like I, I grew up in a very, very great household. My parents are still together. Everyone is amazing. Highest morals, high integrity. Like I... I feel like I grew up in this beautiful little bubble. (laughs) And so why would I need to go do personal development work? Mm -hmm. I'm great. I'm good. (laughs) It's like Chris. (laughs) That is so much like Chris Harder. (laughs) Okay. I love this. So, so for me, I had a lot of resistance. It felt... I also grew up in a family that was very close, very connected, um, very much focused on each other not so like like what would be best for the family what would mm. be best for this person not necessarily what's best for me mm-hmm. and i think at the time too i didn't even realize that although it was very family focused and very outward focused my parents definitely still took the time to be focused on themselves as well mm. And my dad would still do his golf trips with the guys. And my mom worked out like a fiend every day for herself and (laughs) would also take her girls' trips. So I just didn't see that as as work for themselves. I still only saw it as like, no, but they focus on the family. And so stepping into personal development was hard for me. It was hard for me to wrap my head around. And it was... And I didn't... I felt like I didn't want to... I was resistant to wanting to get sucked into this me mindset mm. because I had a misconception of what that meant, which, which really, it's not about a selfish thing. It's, it's really more about how can I be better for me mm. so that I could be better for others. Mm-hmm. So it's not selfish at all because if you look in and tune in and really get to see where you're not really showing up at your best or what you're hiding from or what you're keeping from the world then you're not giving the world the best of you which is what i realized i wasn't doing on a huge front because i was sucked into my own insecurities of all these not pretty enough not fit enough not smart enough not good enough like all of these things Rather than just saying, no, I'm enough and I'm going to step in to what I know and what I can share and how I can actually help and put all of these stories that I made up about myself at bay. Mm. So really being able to do the work um, through Ascension Leadership Academy really helped to open me up and be able to see that, see so much. I mean, I went in initially thinking, playing the comparison game and the judgment like, oh, well, I didn't grow up like that. So <laughs> I don't, I yeah. shouldn't be here. And, and not really realizing there's no judgment. We all put on our own scars and our own stories and our own things. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It might not be that I was molested or, you know, I, my parents grew up in, uh, in like poverty, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be this 
this, it, there's no comparison of story. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves their own story. Everyone deserves their own journey through their stories and discovering what they made up about themselves based on those stories and working through it. And that's it. And so once I realized, you know, and I, and I increased my awareness of all of this stuff of like, oh my gosh, I'm actually feeding into my insecurities and I'm giving permission for other people to feed into their insecurities and stay hidden and stay small and not, and not be able to share my gifts with the world and not be able to help people the more that I know that I can help. It was robbing the world by, by keeping hidden in myself. Mm. Oh, there's so many things there. I I love that you talked about the comparison of stories because, oh my gosh, this is like one of the 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 biggest things that I hear is if it's not that your story is so traumatic, it's holding you back. It's that you don't have a story and that's holding you back. <laughs> like there's, mm-hmm. there's like no in between. Either someone's like, oh my God, I my life has been so traumatic and this is why I can't do it. Or I don't have a story and this is why I can't do it. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, like yeah. you're... <laughs> Do we not see that we're just stuck in the story of, you know, our story? So (laughs) that can be one of the most powerful things to see is sometimes like I've even had Chris be like, I don't, I don't have like this traumatic story to share. And I'm like, okay, that's a story in and of itself. And that's also important Mm -hmm. to share because there's a lot of people who feel that way. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I was feeling that way where it was like, well, I grew up having to be in a sport and we wakeboarded every summer. We snowboarded every winter. And my family was went on family walks and we were an active family. Like mm-hmm. I don't have the, from not working out and overweight to this overcome story. I don't have the pain to purpose. Mm-hmm. And is, is that bad? And I would see that. I would see other speakers coming up there and like some tragic thing happened and it flipped their world. And suddenly I'm like, so I don't get to tell my story because it's not as traumatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing, especially in the the personal development world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for everybody to hear. It's not, there's no comparison of a story. No. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, and to be honest, like I've come to this point in my life to realize that trauma up to whatever you've experienced in your life is still, if you've experienced a 10 of trauma and it's, it's a car accident compared to the experience of a 10 of trauma of being kidnapped or abused, Mm -hmm. it's like you're, you've still reached a level 10 for your life. So in your, in your, um, from where you stand, it's kind of, it's the same in your experience. So you really, it's impossible to, compare experiences and to also really look at our stories and be like, wow, this is amazing how we can get so stuck in this Mm -hmm. um, story that we're we're telling ourselves. So that's so incredibly just powerful to share because there are a lot of people that that's, we know this, like, I know that you hear this and I know, especially with what you do with mobility, like so much of it, I'm, I know, we know it's the body, but we also know how the body is so connected to the mind. Mm-hmm. So for you, what what do you find when you're working with people or maybe when you even worked in your own body and your own experience? Were there things that you mentally had to move through um, that you the mobility helped you move through it? Like actually moving your body helped you move through the, the mental things that were going on in your life? Mm-hmm. Well, movement in, in general can just be really powerful and 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 rest. And I think that's where people don't get to really tap into is listening to what your body needs, being compassionate for what your body needs and being okay with that. 
Mm. It doesn't always have to be an intense workout. I think it's great if you can get there and you can go and push your body and sweat and everything that you feel out of that is amazing. And resting and being still is also healing Mm. and also amazing. So I think it's also just allowing your body to, to go into whatever it is that it needs to and being compassionate in where it's at. And that's really been like the most powerful thing for me and being able to say and acknowledge what you have because we do it a lot in life and and gratitude has been you know overflowing in conversation which i love and being able to appreciate and being gratitude for what we have but also we get to be appreciative and gratitude for what we have in our bodies because so often we forget about what we have until we don't have it. Like all of a sudden you throw out your back and you can't bend over and you're like, oh my God. Oh yeah. <laughs> or you break, you break, you roll an ankle and you can't walk as well. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't walk. I can't even use my foot the way I used to. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it may be, we don't acknowledge these things about our body until it's gone. Oh my God. I'm right there. I fell snowboarding on my shoulder and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what's wrong? Because yeah. it's you don't realize it. And then it's yeah. just you... I don't I'm in such gratitude right now for my body because mm-hmm. when something's not working you don't realize like this is really it affects your whole life like it literally affects me mentally right now you mm-hmm. know when you can't oh, move yeah. the way that you want. Oh yeah, because especially you you're used to working out hard and and using your body however you want to. So when it when it comes to a traumatic experience and getting injured and having pain can be a traumatic experience which is okay to accept as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hard to then be able to be like, oh, wait, but I can't be this person that I'm supposed to be. Mm, God, our identities are so attached to it. It's crazy. Um, so that brings me to my question of the resting is so important. And this has been a season of my life. I'll tell you like a, a year of understanding how important rest is because I've if I don't, my body's going to, it's starting to take me down. Like, it's like, you're going to rest or we're going to make you sick. You're going to rest or you're going to throw something out. You're going to rest or, you know, you're going to get hurt easier. Um, And I'm getting these messages really clearly. And I'm also watching just detachment from identity. So for people who, and I'm wondering if you deal with this a lot because for people who need to rest, and when you tell them that, especially if their identity is really attached to working out hard or their career mm-hmm. is attached to it, is there something that can help people when they feel the fear um, that comes up around resting? And I can imagine, I, I don't know if you can list some of the fears around what they think is going to happen when they rest. Um, and how do you help them detach from that? Yeah. So, being able to come back into our body and have compassion and slow down your body is only going to help you. And I think a lot of the fear that comes with that is why we're pushing our body so hard because it's based on an external validation of aesthetics Mm. or anything else. But that's not internally going to drive you anywhere. And it might not even get you the results you're looking for. A lot of people I hear all the time, it's like I'm working out so much and yet nothing is happening and I'm not losing weight, I'm plateauing or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with you're not giving compassion to yourself in order for your body to even drop down and be able to process what you want it to process. Mm-hmm. And if we're always running at such a high rate and we're always in this, what's called your sympathetic nervous system where it's go, go, go all the time. You also have higher cortisol levels. It's going to be, you're going to be more stressed out. You're going to, it's going to be way harder for you to drop weight. 
Um, and a lot of men, they hold on to belly fat or, or any other kind of weight that's kind of hanging onto your body because you're, you're in this stressful high state of mind all the time and you're not allowing yourself to drop back into this parasympathetic. And we don't, when we don't allow ourselves to drop into that parasympathetic rest, relax, rest and relaxation state, which is also your digestion state, you know, our body is going to be able to process so much better in that other state. So rest is necessary for clarity. It's necessary for our bodies to be able to increase strength, to be able to be mobile again. So many people, it's like, well, I stretch my hamstrings all day long and nothing ever happens. It's like, well... (laughs) Are you breathing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like like really breathing and really listening to yourself. Breathe and being calm with it. Because if we're never getting back into that parasympathetic and we're always staying in that sympathetic, everything is going to be harder. Mm. So when you're so this makes so much sense because when you're working with people, um, can you can you share what like a typical um, maybe session for somebody who comes in looks like? And when I say that, I think what I'm trying to get to is like when you work with someone, you can't really move their body if their mind is like tense or they're not breathing. So what are some of the things you do to kind of get them into that state? First thing that we do is we work on the breath. And it's something so easy. Anyone listening to this podcast right now can do it for themselves and just start to tune in and start to see what is happening with the body. Um, A lot of times I I will tell my clients to do this like 5 to 10 minutes before they go to bed at night because it's so easy. You're already laying down. You're relaxed. And for so many people, especially insomniacs, it it knocks them out right away. Mm. And so just being able to take your hands... for a very rudimentary level, just starting with hands on one hand on the chest, one hand on the belly. And not that you're going to completely quiet the chest hand because it's still going to move. Your ribs still expand when you breathe. And you don't want to press the belly out. So there's no force in breathing. And I think that that got shifted a lot too when belly breathing became a really big thing. I literally had clients that'd be like, I'm the best belly breather. And they're just <laughs> forcing their bellies in and out. And I'm like, mm, you're actually forcing you that. You just look rib- crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and your rib cage is doing nothing. <laughs> and I think what we miss is the fact that the reason why we we talked about belly breathing a lot is because it should be coming from the lower part of you. The diaphragm, which is our respiratory muscle, it rests right underneath the rib cage. And mm-hmm. so if we're going to get more movement, and the diaphragm doesn't actually expand, it moves down and it moves up when we breathe. And so in order for it to have the space to move up and down, we have to get that lower part of that rib cage to expand. And so whenever... And it's interesting, you know, when we think take a deep breath, we automatically breathe up and into our chest and into our shoulders. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we usually suck in the belly. But that's actually so counterintuitive to what your body actually needs to get back into a restful state. Like it honestly, ALA would do this all the time too. They'd be like, take a deep breath. And I'd look around and I'd be like, ah, stop breathing like that. Let me use my voice. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, first, can we do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but but really, so so I start hand one hand on belly, one hand on chest, and and think of just taking a nice slow deep breath in from the nose, and then an even slower breath out through your mouth, like you're blowing through a straw, like you're barely trying to flutter the the wings on a butterfly. 
like really softly, really slowly and see what that starts to feel like. Try to see if you can allow that belly hand to move a little bit more than the chest hand. So not not drastic, but it's going to it's going to maybe lift first and then the chest hand lifts and then they both come down together. So that's kind of what you want to start to feel. And then when you feel ready, I want you to bring your hands around your low rib cage. So that can either be like a little bit on the outside. You want your fingers to still kind of fill the belly, but you definitely want to be on the low rib cage area. And then again, just taking a breath in and you can even squeeze the rib cage a little bit as you breathe out so that you feel where the expansion should be into your hands on the breath in. And that allows you to give feedback to your body as to where you should be breathing into. So now it's not it's not a forceful thing and it's not a forcing the belly out or lifting in the chest, but it's a whole rib cage expansion, which means you're going you're gonna to expand front, back, side, and, and to the other side. So it's this whole 360 pattern. And that alone, um, I've had clients cry on the table when we tap into breath because all of a sudden pain is gone. Mm. I've had so many crying incidences where they're like, I don't even know why I'm crying right now. <laughs> like Because mm-hmm. you actually allowed yourself back into your body. You allowed yourself to calm down. And compassion is where we don't want to go when we have pain. I don't have time for pain. Why do I have pain? Why is it here? Get it out, mask mm-hmm. it, cover <laughs> it, whatever, whatever we can do to make this go away. And we automatically get into this. I mean, and think about all those those words, it's like we're constantly already in a heightened state of like frantic energy of like, I need to get this out. And that's only more tension. Mm. So when we can actually have compassion and say, okay, I feel you pain. That's not bad. Because if I don't feel pain, that's bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you're not having any awareness and that that important signal in your body that you have pain, then we don't know what to listen to. Mm. So your body is just talking to you. And it's just letting you know something is happening. And it's not bad. It's just something to start to breathe into and start to increase our whole awareness of our body to see where can that pain actually be coming from. Because typically, where you're feeling the pain is not where the problem is. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I want to know more about that. I'm just sitting over here with <laughs> with both hands up because um, I had um, I had uh, Aaron from the Align podcast, which we actually talked about you that day and how amazing you are. <laughs> um, he had done like a a little mini session before his podcast on um, my arm, but I think it was a different uh, uh, injury. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I had started, I like started crying and I was partially mortified, partially fine with it. You know, I do a lot of self-work. I know this crap Mm -hmm. can come up, but I was like, oh my God, where is this coming from? So when Mm -hmm. you said that, like you can just start crying on the table. Like, I feel like part of it was because I wasn't slowing down or having compassion for myself. And I wasn't allowing other people to support me at the time. Like even just, I noticed that I can go in and out of that. And it was like even the recognition of somebody supporting me around an injury. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. So crazy. A hundred percent. I mean, and that's, I really feel like my gift in, in person, especially, is that I allow people to have compassion. Yes. Because I'm going to come to you and I'm going to validate your pain. I'm not going to say it's bad, it's high, it's not there. It's there. And mm-hmm. that's okay. And then I'm going to allow you to have compassion for it. Mm. I know that you have helped Chris so much. Like he's always like when he when 
he's in pain again. He's like, I got to do my Jen stuff. All right. <laughs> do your Jen stuff right now. <laughs> so you're always in our household. Um, so when you were talking about the pain, uh, the uh, where the pain is, is typically not where it's coming mm-hmm. from. Can you expand? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we want to just step back and look at a very basic level and there's a joint by joint model and it, and it says, you know, where things should be a little bit more stable and where things should be a little bit more mobile. Now, granted, if we look at the whole scheme of things, you should have mobility and stability all throughout the body. But we're just going to look at it at a very basic standpoint. So if we go down the body, neck should be more stable. uh, Upper back and shoulders should be more mobile. Low back, more stable. Hips, more mobile. Knees, more stable. Ankles, more mobile. Feet, more stable. Now, the areas that people typically complain of more pain are probably the areas of more stability, neck, back, knees, and feet. Now, if we look at what's happening above or below that area, that's where we tend to forget. We say, okay, my neck, back, knees, and feet need to be addressed and they're the, more areas, they're the areas of more stability. So I just need to strengthen right there, right then. I mean, so many times there's people who have back injuries and they're like, what back exercises do I need to do? But really, what if we took a look below and above that area? And what if the areas that need more mobility were not being addressed? Mm. And the back was actually taking on too much pressure because of that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I say, you know, we get to take, take a step back, assess the entire body and say, actually, do you have the mobility that you need above and below that area? Or are you putting extra tension and extra stress in an area that needs a little bit more stability and more support? Mm. So really being able to, I mean, I think the importance of working with someone, if especially if you have an injury that's over and over and over again, um, showing up, it, it's, it, it can get confusing and mm-hmm. it can also get really, you can go back to what you were doing and continue to have the same thing and not understanding why, because you're an athletic person and you're doing all the right things, but sometimes it can just be that you're missing a certain area. Totally. And typically, this is what it is for all areas of our life. We're neglecting something we're not paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Whether you're sad and emotions, whether you're financially, you know, falling apart, you're neglecting something that should be paying attention to. And that's just what's happening within our bodies. If something is screaming at you time and time again, and all you're doing is covering up the symptoms... Mm. All you're doing is putting an electrical stimulation unit, rubbing some oil on it, uh, putting some heat on it, ice on it, going to get a massage, doing things that are all passive, Mm. meaning something is going to fix this. I'm Mm. not going to fix it. Mm. But really, our body requires active movement into it in order for it to change. Just like our business requires active motion in order for it to change. Anything requires active motion in order for it to change. Why do we treat our bodies any differently? Mm. There's no external force that's going to fix it. There's no external person that's going to fix it. You fix it. Oh, man. I um, I just want to like not only have this for me, but I like send this out to certain family members. Because <laughs> 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 I'm just like... Oh my gosh. Cause there, there's times when like that you just said, um, 
like having mobility to fix it. And so often I have people in my life who are just like, well, I can't move right now because I'm in a lot of pain. Like that's a consistent thing that I hear from a lot of people in my life. And I'm like, oh, please, like (laughs) you have to actually move your body, but in a way like with, with help in a way that's obviously, um, you know, isn't going to uh, cause like damage to whatever you're dealing with. And that's why I think, um, you know, we're all put on this planet to connect and help each other. And I kind of love that this conversation has gone there so many times because you have to have somebody else to see the blind spots because no matter what, we have blind spots. And a lot of times, Mm -hmm. especially with active people, it's in their body. Mm -hmm. Um, So to have somebody that you go to for help to say something's not right here, like that's why you have to seek out and you have to ask, right? Yeah, totally. And you know, a lo- and a- go to someone, I will say, that is going to listen to your full story. Mm. Unfortunately, in physical therapy school, you're taught to like how to rush through the evaluation and get people back to, well, if they get into story, bring them back to where the pain is. If they get into story, bring them back to what the level is and what measurements you need to do right there. But really, we need the story. Mm-hmm. So allow go to someone who's going to allow you to tell your story of pain and what has happened because so much of that is also wrapped, especially if we're talking chronic pain, fibromyalgia, any of that, so much of it is wrapped into our stories of life mm. and stressors and what's happening. And I and I rewrite stories all the time for people. I'm like, oh, did you catch that? Did you or I had a a client with some nerve issues and it was like they were getting better working with me and then they went on vacation and it completely went away. And then they came back to work and it came back. And I said, okay, let's look at that story. Mm. (laughs) It completely went away. You didn't have work. You weren't stressed. You were able to relax, probably breathe. Mm -hmm. And then it went away. So how could we bring that experience back into our everyday life? Mm. I'm just saying. But allowing them to see that, you know, like I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you that it's, that it's your stress and you're going to believe me. You're going to be like, no, no, listen, this Mm -hmm. is what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just allowing someone else to tell it and allowing me to just bring it to their awareness and let's observe it. Let's talk about it. Mm. I'm just, I I am like looking at all the parallels of in life to this because it Mm -hmm. is very real, right? When you sit with someone who's in pain, they're like, "Mm, I'm feeling like, you know, I have a sword running through my back right now. You can't tell me that I don't like, and I get that I've been there. Like I can, I can really run this parallel in my life to like when randomly out of the blue, I'm like, what are these panic attacks doing back? And someone's like, you're fine. Don't worry about it. That's, you know, don't think about it. And you're like, "Mm, I'm not thinking about it, but they're here. Mm -hmm. And then looking at like, well, what, what's going on in my life that could potentially be setting this off or causing this. And it's like, that's the only thing I look at now because you can't, I've learned that I can't, ignoring it doesn't make it go away. Having someone no. tell you that you shouldn't be anxious surely doesn't make it go away. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> just not. just turns you into a psychopath. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like recognizing it and then really looking at the root, like in, with not, like with no judgment. And I mm-hmm. think that's the power of everything you're saying is it's like, let's hold hands and let's look at it and be like, that's okay. Like yeah. we see that, but what what could change it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a journey of everything. I mean, like you said, it's all parallel, right? It, even if I'm going through like an emotional 
you know, thing. I, mm-hmm. I don't gravitate toward the people who are like, you'll be fine. Like it, it's going to go on. I gravitate toward the people who are open mm-hmm. and allowing space for whatever emotion might be there. Mm-hmm. Man, whenever I try to avoid it, it's like, it's going to come back with a vengeance. Oh, it will come back. <laughs> <laughs> so allow yourself to be also around people who are going to be supportive along your journey of opening up space. Because as much as we want to say, you're going to be fine and everything's going to move forward. We know that. Mm-hmm. And, and But sometimes, you know, you don't know that in pain. Mm. I have so many people who are like, is this what I live with now? Mm. Is this my life? And mm-hmm. I say, I don't know. Let's see. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't guarantee anything. I want to say no, but let's see. Let's see how you, we're going to attack this journey together. And I really allow people to know I'm not fixing you. Mm-hmm. I'm on the journey with you, and that's why I created programs that I did mm-hmm. because it is a journey. It's a mm-hmm. constant journey. I don't believe in a twelve steps back to mobility or mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the one back pain fix that you need because there's not one thing. There's never one thing. And that's like my one message that I'm pushing out all the time on, you know, I get constant DMs. I get MRIs, I get Mm x-rays, I get diagnoses, pain, everything. Understand that all of those things are symptoms. Your Mm -hmm. diagnosis confirms your symptom. Your MRI confirms your symptom. Your x-ray confirms your symptom. But none of that is telling me what the actual problem is. Mm. And without being able to assess you and and gain awareness of what your body is at and where where you are mentally as well, I won't be able to help you. Hmm. So that's why I created programs where people can then dive in and assess themselves and gain more awareness themselves of what's happening in their bodies. Hmm. Man, I just just through different um through things during the years, so much of what you're saying is just it's it's like, I think we all know it. I mean, you know, we, we like, we have so much inner wisdom that we just, you know, especially if you're an athlete, you muscle through. (laughs) It's just amazing how the body is going to make you listen. Mm -hmm. And when we're not listening, we can find plenty of, of proof and evidence to support that it, it's just a pull from this thing that I was doing. When, if you really, if you really look, you're like, oh, this is much deeper. Like something else is trying to come through and speak to you. And also I think so much of the body is asking you to take, like to take care of yourself. Yeah. If we really took care of our bodies, we would be so much more mentally like I don't know. I just feel so much better mentally if we were actually like, what does the body really actually need? Which is just so interesting. And we'd be able to come up with our own diet plans, our own movement mm-hmm. plans, our own... Because what we get stuck on is what external validation we need from other people mm-hmm. rather than the listening of ourselves. And I say this all the time too, is like, we take the time to listen to another individual and we say, you're worth listening to but we don't take the time to say you're worth listening to, to your own body. Oh my God. That's like, that just like, that just brought tears to my eyes. That's so incredibly like, that's just, that's my truth. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That is so true. Like we're always looking for someone else to be like, make us feel better or give us the right answer when we always know, but we're just afraid to lean into it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Exactly. So what do you want people to know? Like, what is something that you want people to know about the body or about life or about anything that's coming up for you right now that you wish more people knew about? I wish people just took the time 
to to tune in a little bit more because this is our one body that we get to live with all day long, every single day. And it's going to push us forward. And if we want to continue to play with the grandchildren, we want to continue to, to live and explore this beautiful world that we live in, we have to explore what's happening inside first. And so just allowing people back into that. And it's, it's not an hour a day. I don't have time for an hour a day. Mm. <laughs> I have time for a quick 30-minute hit workout and some mobility all randomly dispersed throughout my day. Mm. <laughs> that's really what I do. And that's why you know, I've created programs that give you that same ability to tap into where it's like the mobility method, if you choose to dive into that, has a whole self-assessment. And each exercise is very, very short because you get to pick and choose when you're going to put it in throughout your day and how that looks for your individual body Mm. based on what you need. Because there's, again, no one plan for any person. It's your plan for your body. Mm. And then also like the optimal body, it's just like, it's a continual message just to tell your body, move into mobility understand what the core is, not the six pack <laughs> and, do, and do some functional strength training. And, and when you have all those together, you're able to really start to listen, increase your awareness and just move into your body so much better. Mm. I love what you do because there's probably not been, I mean, I, so many people that I know and so many people that we either have worked with, like at one point they've either been injured or they have something coming up in their body where we've been like, go look at her stuff or, or, um, refer you to them because truly I love, it has to be holistic like that. Like it has to be the entire picture. And I know that's what you really, um, deal with and giving that person space as well. So I'm so grateful for all that you do. Um, and I'm really, uh, I would love to know any recent wisdom for you, something with, um, that's come up for you. That's really, um, maybe been something that you are listening to more inside of yourself or, uh, that you want to share with other people. Just, I'm kind of asking as 2019 has, has come like any things that have really kind of flipped for you that you're leaning more into and trusting yourself in our wisdom, what's coming through for you. Just that, what you just said, trusting your inner wisdom. Mm. I think for a long time, I I want to always come from understanding and compassion and acceptance and I need to grow more. I need to understand more when really I know in my heart and in my intuition was has been screaming at me for a mm. long time. I wasn't listening though. Mm-hmm. And so really stepping into my intuition knows and you, tr- you can trust your own self. Mm. You can trust yourself, which I think is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and when people really are able to tap into that and say, I'm trustworthy in myself, it's going to open up so many more doors of compassion, acceptance, and into your own life and into the lives of the people around you. Mm. Well, we can just all go get that tattooed down our arm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Like that is, that is the theme. Like it just has been the theme and it's been so freeing and it's, it's, um, thank you for sharing that because it's also helping me trust my intuition. And it's just been, I think that's the most powerful thing that we can do because we're connected to something so much greater than us. So when we trust ourselves, it's that Wayne Dyer quote, like I'm obsessed with it's, um, when we trust ourselves, we trust the very thing that created us. So it's like, of course, of course, it's so beautiful. So, um, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we get on your programs? 
<laughs> um, so Doc Jen Fit in all the places. <laughs> <laughs> and really, I'm most active on Instagram. I'm going to start YouTubing a little bit more so people can get a little bit more uh, interaction with me. So I'm excited for that. Um, and I do have a free challenge I'm going to offer your listeners if they want to start exploring what that looks like in their body. It's just two assessments of what's happening in the body and two uh, mobility drills that you can do for your body. And you build your own program throughout the seven days. So it's completely free. It's docgenfit.com slash challenge. And you can access that at any time. I will put that all in the show notes. And you guys definitely, if you're having any issues or you're like a super active person and you think you're fine right now, just <laughs> go and do that. Because that was me for a really long time. And now I'm like, okay, I got it. Okay, I've got the message. Um, but taking care of yourself before things happen is like the most powerful thing you can possibly do for yourself. Um, and I'm, so, Jen, I loved this. I don't know where the hour went. Like what's going on? <laughs> I know, but quick. <laughs> I know. I This could be like, we can over, we could c- take this down like the, the mental part. We could take this down yeah. the self-development journey. I could take this down the physical part because it's also intertwined. And that's why I love talking to you. So thank you so much for what you do, because even if people have not been on your programs, you've benefited people. Um, Your Instagram is just like this wealth of knowledge. So I'm grateful for you for how you show up in the world. I can't wait for you to even step into more of your bigness. And I know that's coming even more. So I can't wait to be on that journey with you. Thank you, love. Have the most amazing day, everyone. And I'm so grateful for you. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number? For real. My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. 
then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey all, I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. 
Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool.